I'm Lindsay Wilson, the queen of glam, and this is the podcast, Business of Glam. I created this podcast to help us all find the magic in business and everyday life. With over 20 years in the beauty industry, you name it, I've probably done it, avid product and fashion enthusiast, entrepreneur, and a single 40-year-old woman on a quest to live my best authentic life, I wanted to bring you people and resources to help inspire you to do the same. In balancing all life has to throw at us, the highs and the lows, I hope we can learn to ride these waves together to find the true essence of glam. Because at the end of the day, I think what we are all craving is community, connection, and a sense of not being alone. So join me on this journey to turn glam outside in. On this episode of Business of Glam, we sit down to talk about finding the fountain of youth with Andrea Fairman from Murphy Plastic Surgery in Denver to give you all that you need to know about reversing the signs of aging with Botox and filler. We hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did. Thanks for joining us. I am honored that you invited me. So thank you. Yes. You're like one of my favorite people. Same. Same. (laughs) And it's been how many years? Eight? Seven? Eight? Oh, more than that. I feel like, yeah. Because I've been out of the plastic surgery game for seven. Oh. Going on eight. So, okay. Then nine? Maybe? (laughs) Going on? But who's counting? Exactly. We're not aging. It's fine. We're not. It doesn't (laughs) matter. Thanks to you. You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks to the many wonderful things of, uh, you know, the medical aesthetics industry. Exactly. Yeah, we used to look good. Yeah. Well, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay. Well, I am Andrea Fairman. I have been a cosmetic injector for, this is my 16th year, I believe so. Um, And I do, you know, a a variety of other things, but primarily cosmetic injectables, which is why we're talking about it today. Yes. So... That means Botox neuromodulators, which helped to soften expression lines, and then um, fillers, different types of hyaluronic fillers for plumping and smoothing and accentuating the face. Love it. Yeah. And I love seeing you. <laughs> I know. I it's love when you <laughs> It's one of my favorite times of yeah. the, the year. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about how you got into the industry. Yeah. Or like the passion behind it. Yeah. So going back, you know, when I was younger, you know, teens and such, I was really into like dermatology. That was kind of a thing. And I was like, oh, I want to work in dermatology. How fun would it be to like work with people's skin and just kind of be in the medical field, but doing something along those lines. So I did get into that. And after a little bit realizing, well, it's great and all, but people are kind of they don't really want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> They're there because they have to be there. Right. And it's, it, you know, there's a lot of things that, that people are there for that are not great, you know, mm-hmm. and that can be skin conditions that are uncomfortable, um, you know, skin cancers, a lot of things that are just on that vibe of like, you know, it's, 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 people don't really want to be there. So I wanted to find like the happy medium and working in aesthetics, you know, cosmetic dermatology is kind of where I popped into after that. And then dabbling around in, you know, different types of uh, treatments for skin. And that included, you know, the the cosmetic injectables. And so that's when I kind of got into it. But it, it, you know, turned me in from cosmetic derm into, um, you know, a med spa clinic. And then into plastic surgery, which is where I've been for the past many years. Yes. So, yeah. 
I always say plastic surgeons are my only doctor that I like to go and <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah. And my dentist. And, my I dentist. Like him too. <laughs> and that's good that you like your dentist. That's really, really good. But it's true. A lot of people feel that way too. Because again, it's you're there because it's elective. You want to be. And typically, you know, patients are walking out going, I feel good. I feel better. And I'm excited for the next thing, mm-hmm. you know. And and it's it's a really good feeling on both ends, you know, as a provider, but also as a patient. So it's more fulfilling and fun for me. Love it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what Botox is and mm-hmm. like the different types, because I think that now you hear like dysport yes. and like you said, more yeah. neuromodular. So Lots. like what mm-hmm. are kind of the differences yeah. there? Well, most people have heard of Botox, and it has been around on the market the longest. So it is a neuromodulator that is going to suppress the muscle contraction of the face. So, you know, our frown lines, our forehead lines that run horizontally, um, other areas that when we express really tightly, it can cause unwanted lines of expression in in the skin. And over time, that can cause those wrinkles to kind of stick. So Botox has been around forever, not forever, but cosmetically quite like 30 some years okay so it's got a name in the industry um since you know it's beginning there's been a lot of other pharmaceutical companies that have created another version of it um it's still a similar strain but they have their own little twist on it so they have their own um, marketing and name and you know their reasons for why it's going to be different and set apart from botox people just really know botox Mm -hmm. right so if somebody comes in and they say, oh, well, I want to try, you know, um, Dysport or Javot is another new one. You know, there's a lot of questions about that. People go, what's better? Why is there this and that? And honestly, I've dabbled in all of them, uh, most all of them. And I really just feel like it's it's provider preference, it's patient preference, but also people, you know, if, if they feel like one's superior to another dosing can kind of determine that but ultimately the product itself should be doing the same thing right if it's injected mm-hmm. in the same muscle the same placement the same quantity dosing wise you should be getting pretty similar responses some people feel like one activates a little faster um one you know lasts a little bit longer but it's not consistent for everybody so it's really going to be patient preference and clinic preference too. You know, I've worked at clinics where they say, we want to have every single one that's on the market as an option. And other clinics are like, you know what? That's too much. Right. We don't need to have all these options. If Unless one was showing that it was actually superior, then absolutely let's bring it in. And that's how I explain it to most people. So... I remember when Dysport first came mm-hmm. out on the market. I think oh, yeah. that's as I was like leaving uh-huh. the plastic surgery world. Yeah. But I know that they had kind of tried to coin it as like if your Botox isn't lasting as long for you that maybe mm-hmm. your muscle or your body's gotten used to that mm-hmm. chemistry. So mm-hmm. using yeah. a Dysport can make it right. Like work better for you or kind last of shake longer. it up a little. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's true? I or? honestly don't think that's true for the majority of people. Um, and and sometimes it can be because a patient will say, you know, I've been using Botox for so long, but maybe they bounce around to different providers and then they feel like it's just not optimal for me. I want to try something else. Mm-hmm. And in that case, how do you know? 
that right. it's really not, you know, it's it's probably more like provider dosing, you know, muscle strength and lifestyle and all those factors can really come into play. So a lot of people just like to switch it up to try. And typically, and I and I'm not trying to like, you know, push Botox brand, but 99% of the time they're like, mm, I don't really see a difference. You know, really, yeah. really no difference. Um, sometimes a, a certain pharmaceutical company will have a better, you know, perk program and they'll go, oh, I want to, you know, stick with this because I get better perks. Pretty much the same outcome. You yeah. know, pricing is pretty comparable yeah. um, and such. I really don't see that. Some people swear by it though and they'll mm-hmm. go, oh, one was definitely different. Um, and I tell people it's not until you kind of try it out that you can compare it. But if it's not broke, don't fix it, you right. know, unless you're just curious, that's fine too. You know, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that for patients. It really just depends on um, kind of what their history has been yeah. and their outcome, right? And if they're a non-responder in general, then Dysport's not going to work and Botox isn't going to work. But I have only seen that one time in the past 16 years that one person truly never responded at all. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> I don't know what's you. happening yeah, here. <laughs> like, I'm really sorry for you. And, and there's a certain tiny percent of the population that has like an antibody that they just don't respond to it. That is so and sad. And it will never for them. work. I know. It will never work. And it felt terrible. And the poor girl, we tried many things and, and it was baffling. But then after trying so many different things it was just like you are the the rare bird that we i thought i'd never actually see but i'm sorry to tell you these probably <laughs> this won't is ever not work. Gonna work right and who knows maybe yeah. in the future something else will come out right. and and she could respond but the majority of people if they say i just feel like it doesn't work after reviewing their concerns it's typically a dosing and um you know where it's being put and injected you know factor and Absolutely. I know from the questions that I still mm-hmm. get asked, and yeah. I'm starting to get rusty, so I'm always like, <laughs> I don't know. Hold no. on, let me think this through. <laughs> yeah. But um, Dysport is typically, or those other, mm-hmm. besides Botox, yeah. are usually a little less expensive per unit, mm-hmm. but don't they require more units? Mm-hmm. So at, yes. in the end, because I know- It does. It comes like, out I've in the wash. My sisters kind mm-hmm. of say like, oh, but this one's like so much cheaper. I was like, yes, but it takes more units to yes. get you the same results as Botox. Yeah. So mm-hmm. kind of price-wise, yeah. they're all very comparable. Very comparable, yeah, exactly. And so Dysport, if if for you know listeners that are curious and they go, oh, well, I would never do Botox because the pricing, what I've seen compared to Dysport, if maybe they've never tried it. So Dysport is typically three times the units. So you may be paying less, yes, Mm -hmm. but you will ultimately for the same strength of whatever that muscle is, whatever goal you're you're trying to achieve, you will probably end up needing quite a few units, and your you know out of pocket expense is going to be pretty much the same. So when I explain that, they're like, oh, that's why when I see it for like four dollars a unit, yes. It's very I, enticing. You're like, I'm getting a deal. I am getting a smack deal. Why would I make that choice to pay more? Like, and the, but that is why you won't have the same outcome if you're doing um, unit per unit with Dysport versus Botox or something like that because you, it you truly have to dose it three times the amount. Um, you know, but at the same time, a lot of people um, just are drawn to that number. You know, so the company was pretty smart. Yeah, you know, it's true. Yeah. So it's they, a good marketing Yeah, tool. it is, you know, like dollars. So, but yeah. And then for Botox mm-hmm. and these other 
kind of substitutes for it. Yeah. How long is that typically lasting? How often are you kind of coming in for those treatments? Yeah. Well, so Botox clinically studied back in the day to last two and a half to four months. So the average person will, you know, come in three to four times a year, right? If that suits them. If they're feeling like their body's kind of metabolizing it. Now, not everybody feels like that's their timeline. I have patients that are, you know, a little bit more frequent, but maybe they're okay with using a few less units um, to keep things looking it's natural. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's you funny. come in more frequently and you're I just okay come with in all it. The time. Yeah. I'm like, I think I feel moved. Yeah, should I, should I touch <laughs> it up, right? And some people do. So I say, you know, the the timeline can look a little bit different. Um, other people stretch it out longer. You know, they're they're kind of lucky, or they just go, you know what, I'm okay. I don't really need to be in there every 90 days. Let's push it out to four or five, six months. You know, and that's completely okay. It's dependent on the person. It's dependent on their goals and their muscles and and all those factors. So I can give them suggestions, but it's really dependent on the person. And a lot of people like consistency and they'll go, okay, just put me on the schedule mm-hmm. every three months. I'll come in and I know I'll be on the right track and that's, that's good, right? You'll have a really good outcome. Your skin will thank you. Um, but some people think they need to come in sooner than when it's worn off. And if there's really no movement, you can't inject it, you know? So the yeah. patient really needs to be looking in the mirror saying like, is there muscle contraction? Is it wearing off? Can I create those unwanted lines of expression? And if so, typically it's, if it's been a decent amount of time, it's safe to go ahead and inject that muscle again. So you can pop on in. If the patient said, well, it's three months and I look in the mirror and I'm really I can't really create those lines that bothered me and there's really no movement. Well, then you want to wait because Uh you want to be able to have some muscle movement for the Botox or whatever neuromodulator you're using to actually, you know, go after contraction for it to be safe and to have it be worth your money and time. So muscle contraction and movement is what the patients really need to be looking for. Not just, you know, time necessarily. And do you think like the consistency of it, mm-hmm. does it make a difference? Because I've had people mm-hmm. say to me like, oh, I just can't do it every three to six months. Mm-hmm. And right. so like, then what's the point of doing it? Right. And that's a very good question. And I hear that a lot. So when a patient first comes in and it is their first time and they're kind of Botox interested, but they're not sure because they've they've read it a bunch of different things. They've talked to many different people that have had it. If, say, they come in and they say, well, I don't even know if I want to like commit to this, mm-hmm. I typically explain, you can do it one time and decide if you love your outcome and you think you can be consistent enough for whatever that looks like for you, then great, keep doing it, whether that's you know every six months or every single you know 90 days. If a patient says, well, I would never do it because, you know, once you do it, you just have to. That's it. You can't go back. Right. <laughs> that's, you just don't yeah, want to go back. You don't want to go back. <laughs> and that's typically the it's downfall. <laughs> like, is that people go, well, what's the negative thing? I'm like, well, you'll love it and you'll want to keep doing it. Um, and the sad thing is that, yeah, it's never going to be permanent. However, if you, even if you do it a few times a year, as long as you're using enough of the product to really suppress the contraction that bugs you, you will feel like your skin is going to age better. And I think you would agree 
Yes. Had you not started doing it in the past, your skin would look a lot different. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you took care of it the same way and did skincare and sunscreen and all the fun things, it would look different, right? And so it does truly help your skin age better. But again, if you are, you like, I would do it, you know, once a year before my, um, you know, I do professional photos and that's the only time I do it. That's okay. You're going to look good for that moment of time. Your skin's going to be thanking you for the next few months, even up to like six months, but it will always wear off. And so if you want to, you know, do the best you can and take care of those fine lines that, that bugs you in the first place, you know, be consistent if you can you know, in order to get the best long-term effect of it, which is going to be the improved aging of the skin. Yes. You know, so it's, again, it's dependent on the person, but I like to explain to them, there is no pressure. Mm -hmm. They can do what works for them. Um, Some clinics are a little bit different and they, you know, they absolutely require you to be in there every, you know, two and a half to three months no, no questions. You have to pre-book your next appointment and, and you have to commit to that. And sometimes that works for them and that's great, but it's not for everybody. So I like to explain that, that you get to be in control of it. You get to decide here's how it typically looks. You know, every 90 days people come back, yeah. you know, give or take, but you decide. So, or just too often or too, or, too, or too often well typically if it's too often we have to have a little intervention yeah, and we've we talk. had these talks before mm, we do we just talk about it and we, go, well, we just what, talk it through yeah what are we seeing here yes okay. and then is it a bigger is it a deeper thing or is it actually your wrinkles like what is it so with that with kind of the conversation mm-hmm. I started Botox at 25 but mm-hmm. I also probably at 25 wouldn't have gone and paid for Botox, but I worked in the industry, Uh so it was available to me. Right. What do you think, And but I do hear a lot Mm -hmm. more, like the preventative Botox Mm -hmm. and starting it earlier than like later 30s, 40s, when you start to see some fine lines and wrinkles. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about kind of that preventative Botox and is there a perfect age or is it just more Mm -hmm. like facially what you're seeing? typically I explain to people it there's no perfect age right if at 25 you looked in the mirror and you said wow when I'm at rest I really see some little fine lines kind of starting and it bothers me and it typically starts with you know in between the eyebrows from scowling you know squinting in the sun things like that so you begin to see those things and if someone points it out or you start learning about oh there's actually something I could do to soften that doesn't matter your age, right? I have plenty of patients that are in their, you know, 50s and 60s that look phenomenal. And they're just now starting to dip their toes into this sort of, you know, field and trying out Botox. I have 18, 19 year olds that are like, my lines are terrible. I've been, you know, cursed with not the best skin. So I'm seeing these deep wrinkles starting. Like, what can I do? Is it too soon? Or is it too late? And yeah. and typically no. You know, you can you can do it if it works and you're comfortable with it and you understand, you know, like how it's going to improve your your skin. It's not uh, a magic wand, but it's close. <laughs> you know, and your age really doesn't matter. It's really kind of what you're seeing in the mirror. If you are I have a lot of patients that come in and they say, Well, my aunt I look a lot like them and 
they have very similar expressions and I'm starting to see these tiny things that are coming. Mm -hmm. Can I do something preventative? And it's like, absolutely you can. And you will thank yourself in 10 years because you started doing it early and typically you can use, you know, less um, units depending on the strength of the muscle. You can use it and have it be preventative. Maybe you're only doing it twice a year, but it's, you know, still benefit. You're reaping the benefits of it. And that goes, again, for people that are older, too. Yeah. Some people are really blessed, and they don't age at all. And, you know, they come in when they're older in life and are like, oh, I think I might see a little bit of a wrinkle. And I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) Just to, you know, have your genes. But, again, so the age doesn't always, you know, mean much. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, that's that was my driving factor. My mom... (laughs) God love her. She had like five kids, so she was probably scowling a lot. Uh But she had like this deep line, and now she's like, Mm -hmm. should I get Botox? And I was like, honey, I think we're past that. I think (laughs) we're on to filler. We might be there. (laughs) We might be some lasering, (laughs) something else. Yeah. But I started to see that happening, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. We're going to put some toxin in there. Yep. And that's what a lot of people say is like, it's not always just what they say on themselves. It's sometimes like, oh gosh, I'm starting to pay attention to aging and aging well and taking care of my skin and my genetics are coming into play. And what what are my options, you know? And a lot of younger generations are, are like all about health and wellness. And that includes, you know, external factors, you know, and taking care of the skin. So it's part of it. I think there's always a lot of confusion on like where Botox goes and like when fillers step in. So tell us a little bit about fillers Uh and like the difference between like how you would use them versus the Botox. Right. I have a lot of uh, patients come in and they will comment about, oh, I told my spouse I was going to come in and do Botox and they freaked out because they said, oh my gosh, your lips are going to be huge. (laughs) wait you know and there's it's common so Uh a lot of people are like it's confusing I just know the word Botox and then they assume that it's you know it it does all these things to make you look weird one house yeah one big (laughs) house the Botox house is a certain appearance of the face exactly so Botox is a neuromodulator meaning it goes after it's a medication that goes after muscle and it helps to suppress contraction so the most common areas of that are going to be like in between the brows when we look angry or we're focusing, whatever it may be, that causes those lines. When we elevate the brows and we create horizontal lines, crow's feet are really common too. So those are muscle contractions that create those unwanted lines. So injecting the muscle gently, it sounds scary, but it's a really tiny needle, it right? Is. It's a very small tiny, needle. Yeah, Everybody's tiny. like, I'm going to come out all like, everyone's like, you know, no, they're so tiny. Yeah, super you don't tiny. Even feel it. Right. So, so when I say muscle, like the idea to some people is like, oh, that sounds crazy, but it's, it's barely into the skin. Um, super, super small. It's like tweezing your eyebrows sometimes, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's tiny. You have a little prick, but. A little, little bit. Yeah. So it goes into the muscle and it the molecule will, will always make its way into the muscle. And it knows what to do and how to respond. And it blocks a neurotransmitter that we use to contract that muscle. So we're so used to frowning and scowling and making that expression. So we create the lines. Well, the the Botox kind of softens that and relaxes the muscle. 
and then in time the skin gets smoother and softer because you're not creating like the folds like I explained it the folds of a piece of paper you fold it over and over and over repeatedly you'll end up with a little crease there right mm-hmm. and so the Botox is kind of like keeping it you know smoothed out and ironing those little fine lines over time and then we have filler and filler typically is kind of going to be used from the mid face down to the lower face so Botox is great for the upper occasionally we'll use it in the lower sometimes for certain patients or certain conditions of the jaw but primarily filler is going to be your lower face and that's used for contouring smoothing um, fine lines that we can't correct using Botox um, safely or replacing lost volume so or say they just want more volume right Mm -hmm. certain certain areas certain concerns certain you know wish lists so there's many fillers on the market they've been around typically the hyaluronic acids you know those have been around for a while and a lot of them are comparable but they have their differences and that set them apart for where would I put what so what you know issue do I have and where would I use this particular product and how is it going to look in that area of the skin so there's many 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 so when I say filler some people are like oh oh, it's you know a filler does one thing but they can do a lot of different things and 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 you know like you know there's a ton that people can read about and they go well how do I decide what to choose and typically I say don't worry that's not you to worry about that's whoever your provider is you know that you're working with yeah to decide absolutely Mm -hmm. do you have advice just since we're kind of on that of how to find the right provider for you yeah well communication and education is so important and most people when they get started it's intimidating you have to make sure you're going to someone that you feel safe enough to talk with and be totally honest you know with any question you might have also making sure like how often do they do this you know when they're at work is this just like they do it every you know every other month and when a patient asks for it or is this something they're really trained on and they're doing consistently where their experience is focusing on using these products safely for those particular outcomes they're looking for that's what you want you don't want someone who's like, oh, I, 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 I'm certified, but uh, it's I'm a little rusty, yeah. you know. I do it every once in a while. I do it every once in a while, you know, which, you know, it, there's a place and time for, for that provider to, like, gain more experience, mm-hmm. right? But if somebody's new, I would say don't start there with your, your journey with cosmetic injectables. You want to go to someone who's been doing it regularly, and they're very mm-hmm. well-trained, and they're very confident and comfortable and low pressure. Yeah. Um, because... Usually patients come in and they're, they're nervous their first time. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to expect. They're thinking, you know, they've, they've probably been online and have oh, YouTubed yeah. you everything. They've got conflicting thoughts and ideas and fears. And so they, you kind of have to make sure that you can ask those questions mm-hmm. and you're not going to feel, you know, kind of stupid for asking them or, um, you know, kind of put off by it, by any question, but making sure that they are a safe enough place where if you do you know you decide to go through with it and you have a treatment what about day two when you're freaking out and is that person going to be like available and willing to kind of hold your hand the next day when you're kind of like second guessing your decision (laughs) you know you want somebody that you can feel safe with you know after the fact also not just the day of you know when you're in in their chair getting the treatment 
I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, in plastic, when I did work in plastic surgery, mm-hmm. when people would sign up for surgery, I'd be like, yeah. the internet is no longer your friend. Yes, yes get off It of is it. going to terrify yes. you. You call Guaranteed. us and mm-hmm. ask any questions that you have. Yes. Because yes. it's going to be all mm-hmm. sorts of scariness yeah. out there. Yeah. You get your lips filled and they're giant yes. and huge. And uh-huh. you go to the internet, you're going to find all yes. sorts of crazy and things. And you will, yeah, you will not sleep that <laughs> night. You will be petrified. And that's, it's exactly right. And typically when a patient comes in and we have that like honest conversation, they always feel better about that going, okay, because I was uh, last night online before I (laughs) had this appointment today. And now I know if, you know, when I go home to just rest easy and I can reach out if I ever have any questions directly to you or to whoever it may be, you know, so it's, the internet is, it's great for many things but it can also you know there's a lot of information out there Mm -hmm. so and there's a lot of different providers every provider kind of has their own technique and their philosophy on how they approach aesthetics for a particular client and their aftercare and all of those things but I've heard a lot of people say they just didn't feel heard they didn't feel like they could ask those questions and they felt really stupid and then walked away spending so much more money than they had anticipated and then hating their results but not feeling like they could call and express that so yeah. then they're searching and, and reaching out to to me panicked and you know all the things so i i like to tell people if you can call that place go back to them mm-hmm. they they want to to know how you're doing yeah. but if you never felt safe in the first place you know that's that's a red flag you know but I always make sure like you know there's no pressure you can you can walk out the door without doing any treatment and if we do something you know let's go through everything any question you have is valid so and I also think like my sisters live out of state they're in California Mm -hmm. and they're like am I crazy not going to like a plastic surgeon to get Botox and filler Mm -hmm. My response, and we'll just see, like, whatever your response would be. I was like, if a surgeon's just doing, and no offense to any right. surgeons that oh, love to do Botox and filler, because right. I think, obviously, they do. know all of the anatomy. They're going to be great at it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, surgeons typically want to operate. Mm-hmm. And they find a great provider yes, that they can kind to of do the monitor over yes. to do those ancillary services. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's scary to go to somebody that's not an MD or like a surgeon exactly to get the Botox exactly Dr. Murphy that I work with he says you know you don't want me doing your Botox (laughs) you don't want me doing that I don't do that every day that's not my you know specialty right if I was doing it every week every day of course I'd be happy to take that client on but you don't want me to do that you want me to do your surgery you know and I say the same thing you don't want me to give you those breast implants I assure (laughs) you you know um you don't want that so you definitely want to stick with someone who who knows what they're doing and they're confident and they're well-trained and they have plenty of experience and it 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 depends on it you know your credentialing is important but when it comes to you know, having a medical um, medical doctor doing it versus, a, you know, an RN or anybody that's gone through plenty of training and been doing it for years and they feel overly confident, they can take very good care of you. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, you don't really want to go to a, a surgeon to do it if um, they took a two-day course um, back in, you know, 2007. Yes. You know. <laughs> I know. I was like, no, that's not scary at all yeah. to not see the plastic surgeon. No. It's, it's actually really the opposite. Like you don't, 
usually mm-hmm. want to see the surgeon. Uh huh. Yeah, but unless, like you said, they are that's what they do. And yes. I know a lot of of doctors that are like, my practice is huge because I'm one of the main providers, yes. and I you know see and some people just clients. really love that. Like Absolutely. I've known plenty of plastic surgeons that mm-hmm. I would go and see for Botox and filler because yeah. that was like their little their specialty, their passion. Right? And totally. so yes, they operate, but uh-huh. they also love to do Botox and fillers on a regular basis yes Mm -hmm. so they're they're well trained and Mm -hmm. they're they're comfortable and experienced so agreed you kind of just have to do your research and again you know don't always look at whether or not you're having a plastic surgeon doing your injections yes I think you get caught up in that (laughs) yeah 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 it's easy to though yes you know especially with all the fear factors going on when you're googling it Mm -hmm. oh yeah (laughs) And with filler, you tend to have a little bit more of like a downtime, mm-hmm. yes. depending on what area yes. that you're really injecting. Mm-hmm. What are kind of any tips or tricks that you have to kind yeah. of get the best results, mm-hmm. make things last a little longer, and kind of getting through that recovery time? Right, yeah. So that's that's a really good point. So Botox, you know, you do your injections. It takes you know, 10, 15 minutes max. You're out the door. You go on your merry way, and you kind of don't really see any change other than you feel like you know what did I just do yeah (laughs) I I just paid money to do something to my face and I don't see any change like Mm -hmm. now what Botox has a slower onset right it's a medication that needs time to start activating so you really don't see any change right away you can kind of you know pretty much go back to your normal routine and what is kind of the when you do start to see the Botox results kind of start to kick in yeah what's kind of that normal range because yeah. I have had girlfriends that are like nothing's happening uh-huh. and they're like that's they're normal like, yeah they're freaking out going I just wasted so much money yeah. it didn't work on me I must be immune or who knows right right so the first few days and this is just generally speaking you know I have patients that are like oh by day two I am perfect mm-hmm. and I see my full results Usually that is not the case. Um, the average amount of time is that the first few days you really don't see a whole lot of a change and you're kind of looking in the mirror every day, a few times a day going, when's this going to you know, change you know, what she said was going to happen? When is it going to happen? The first few days, you, it just has this onset period. It needs to activate. And then it takes a few days to start seeing those changes and it's kind of a gradual increase. Would you agree? Yes. Typically. You're kind I of think like, sometimes oh. I have like a placebo effect though. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> I look amazing. It's done. I already, I already did it. <laughs> yeah. It's already happening right. for me. Yes. And a lot of people do. And, and some people but do. But I was like, I know respond. that's not actually happening, <laughs> but it just. Yes. You'll see the results usually after a couple of days. You go, it's working. It's activating. I Yay. It's finally working on me. Mm-hmm. But if a patient said, well, you know, I need more. If they call me on day five. I'm like, you are not at your end point. You know, it is barely starting to kick in. You do need to wait. So after about usually the first week, they're going, oh yeah, now it is definitely working. I'm seeing that change. If a patient wanted to come in for a touch-up, if they felt like they wanted to do a little bit more, say they're like, I feel like I need more of this muscle still strong. It's driving me nuts. I want to come back in. I'd want them to wait about 10 days to two weeks. At that point, you're at your end result. You see the full effect of whatever units you did um, around that time frame. It's safe to come in and do more. So be patient just to write it out those first, you know, that first at least 10 days. 
and you will see your, your results by then. But the first few days, you might be confused. You might not really see a change. Mm-hmm. And that's expected. That's typical. It may be different every time you do it. You might go, oh, well, this last time it kicked in. Man, day three, I looked amazing. The following three months later, I did it. And it took, you know, a solid seven that's expected. It's I not feel like certain areas of my face, mm-hmm. like when Respond we do the lip flip, mm-hmm. I can feel that faster. Can you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a few days into it though still. Uh-huh. And you I know, always know when I brush my teeth and I think <laughs> I had a stroke in the middle of the night because I can't swish my yeah. the water in my mouth. I'm yeah. like, oh no, it's my Botox. It just kicked in. <laughs> I paid for that. That's right. And that's common. And a lot of people notice things like that in areas... And if we do anything around the lower face, I mean, if you think about how often you're using those muscles, you will feel those shifts really significantly. Mm-hmm. And you can notice right when it does start to kind of kick in. And it could be early, right? Yeah. Whereas other areas, you may not really feel it after the fact. After maybe you've done it a few times, you kind of go, oh yeah, I looked in the mirror and look, I, I look great. But I didn't really pay attention or feel it. Right. You know, like a lot of people ask that question. Mm-hmm. Am I going to be numb? Am I going to be able to, you know, feel my forehead? Yes, yes. You, you will. <laughs> it, it's not doing anything to that. It's just going after the muscle. But areas around like lower face, um, you will typically pay more attention mm-hmm. and, and feel that sensation um, like brushing your teeth. Yes. And drinking And then that water. always goes away. It's just always oh, yeah. shocking to me. Like whenever it first happens, I'm like, what happened? Because you could have forgot like, that you did it. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, no, this is normal. Yeah. It's totally fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's, so that's yeah. Botox. So Botox is like mm-hmm. fast, easy. I do know mm-hmm. that sometimes people have like the little lumps or bumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those like subside quickly yep. afterwards. Yep. So if I handed a, um, a patient a mirror immediately after I do their injections and say it's their first time or it's their first time seeing themselves that quickly after we do the injections, a lot of times they kind of freak out yep. and they're like, what, 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 what is that? It's lumpy. They're red. You know, the injection sites look a little angry and that's inflammation because we just poked you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Your skin's a little angry with me and there's fluid in there. The fluid swells up a little bit, right? Um, Botox is liquid. It's it's very thin. It's like a water consistency. So it's very thin. Well, it's going to stretch the skin a little. And you might have a little bit of a lump where it was injected. You could also have a little bit of bleeding, which can cause a little more inflammation and such. You can feel that sensation. But typically, immediately after, you'll have that. That's a lot of like you know inflammation from the injection site and then a lot of, of fluid. 10 minutes later, half hour later, you go, oh, never mind. It's yeah. fine. No one would really know that right. I just I just did this. Filler on the underhand. A little bit people, different. Yeah. Sometimes people know. <laughs> Sometimes people can know. Um, so, you know, I have to explain to a patient and make sure that they are okay with having a little bit of downtime. And it's social downtime, right? Like it's, it's not surgical downtime by any means, but... If a patient says, well, I have a really big presentation in uh, two days, or I'm traveling tomorrow morning, um, I'm have hosting a dinner party in three days, things like that, I always have to explain to them. You will see a difference in how you look, and you may be unhappy having to explain to people, uh, yeah, I'm swollen. (laughs) I'm a little bruised and I did a thing. And if you're not okay with explaining that and kind of owning up to what you did, I always explain like, you need to wait. Um, this is always here for you. You can always come in and do these treatments later, but you, 
you know, if you have something pending, just get through it so you're not anxious and you don't have to explain that you are swollen or you're bruised um, or you're tender and you've got discomfort and things like that. So the first couple of days, as you know, inflammation's gonna be there and it could be really mild or it could be really significant. And it just depends on the person and the area that we injected. Typically lips are going to swell the most they're the worst. They're the worst. Um, they're very delicate. You know, yeah. the lips are so delicate. If you think about it, like when you you bite your lip mm-hmm. or you, you know, you bump your lip, it hurts like hell and it swells up right away. Right. And it can bleed really, really easily. So it's a really delicate area where if somebody says, well, I am doing, I want to do this filler in my lips, but I really don't want anybody to know that's the area where it's going to be a little harder to hide the first, you know, 48 hours or so, you know, sometimes longer depending on the person. Um, but again, if they're like, Oh, I don't care. I'll just use a little ice. I'll tell people what I did. I don't care at all. Mm -hmm. There's really, you know, there's no reason you can't do it, but you will have more of a recovery period when it comes to those delicate areas like the lips. Um, so if you have to, if you need to be mindful and hide it, you know, give yourself plenty of time, a week, sometimes longer if you're um, a bruiser, you know, and your bruises linger a little bit, you might need a little bit more time for all of that to kind of come down. But, you know, again, everyone's a little bit different. It depends on the area. So the average time I'll tell people is when, when will everything be done? When can I kind of see my end result after my injectable filler? Typically I'll say around two to three weeks, you will have kind of healed completely. Your bruises should be gone completely. Your swelling will be gone and the product itself will kind of be nice and incorporated into the tissue. Certain areas, you know, certain fillers need a little bit more time or less time, but that's kind of average. Around that time frame is when the product looks and feels like you've always had it. Very, very subtle and natural and soft into in the skin. Um, and any, you know, bruising and all of that is typically resolved by then. Would you agree? I would. Mm-hmm. I would say like cheeks. Yeah. When I have those filled, I feel like it's like instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I'm like, <laughs> I look good. I, I was like, good. I would do that before any event. Uh-huh. Just yeah. to exactly. plump them up. Yes. And you're right. And that's the nice thing about fillers is that typically when somebody's looking for instant gratification, I mean, that's, we're in that you know, our, our society loves instant gratification. Not everything gives us that, but when it comes to like cosmetic injectables, it's close, right? Mm -hmm. So cheek fillers, you know, other areas, even lips, right? You can immediately look in the mirror and see that difference. Yeah. So you do one side of, of the area and you go, Oh my gosh, I see the difference right away. Mm -hmm. Slowly you're going to have that inflammation starting. You can have the bruises kind of show up a little bit later, right? But instantly right away, typically you do look in the mirror and you go, I see that difference that I was looking for and I'm so thrilled and I'm, I'm really, really happy. Yeah. We love instant gratification. We do. Right? And I do feel like <laughs> lips, like day two, it's always worse. Oh, Like is. right afterwards, mm-hmm. they look amazing. Yeah. Day and one, then, you're like, no, I look fine. I don't know what she was explaining that yeah. I'll have all this swelling. Towards the end of the <laughs> night, you're like, my mouth kind of hurts a little bit. And then you go to sleep. And then you go to sleep and you wake up the next day and you're like, what did I yes. do to myself? Yes. And you, you panic. This looks crazy. And then you go, oh my God, I made such a terrible decision. Yeah. I look weird. I'm uneven. I'm bruised. This is terrible. And so I've, I've learned over the years that explaining that before we even do the injections is that you will wake up tomorrow morning. <laughs> day two Uh and you will either love it 
or you will hate it Mm -hmm. because you're going to be swollen. And a lot of people end up loving the swelling. They go, oh my God, I look, this is great. Everything's so plump and pretty and pouty and yay, I love it. On the other hand, a lot of people are like, I look ridiculous. This is not what I was going for. What happened overnight? I, I'm going to call and freak out, you know, and that's, that's to be expected. But some people can say, oh, I've done this before and I love day two. Uh And if they do, the swelling will come down. And if they say, I want to actually keep going, let's do a little bit more filler in time, you know, building on it will look good and they'll be happy because they know the swelling suited them and they were happy, you know? And with filler, do you Mm -hmm. have tricks to kind of help during that downtime? Yeah. Again, it depends on the person and their activity. Um, You do want to make sure that you are icing. Um, I have heard of some people not recommending that. And certain fillers maybe you wouldn't or certain techniques maybe you wouldn't. But lip filler especially, they're delicate. You're going to swell. You want to make sure that you're using a clean, um, you know, ice pack. You're not using anything gross and dingy that you pulled out of your kids' lunchbox and gross, right? So you want it to, to be clean, but icing is going to help with that inflammation. It's going to help to kind of keep that down. It's also going to help with discomfort. So if it's achy and tender, you know, and you're feeling like someone just punched you in the face, icing is going to help with that, right? As it would any other kind of injury. You want to make sure that you're not um, taking a whole lot of blood thinners that could increase the bleeding. So discontinuing, you know, fish oils, um, certain NSAIDs, Advil, um, Aleve, things like that. Alcohol is another big um, no-no prior to. Um, <laughs> so we have to have that conversation sometimes with people. <laughs> yeah, listen, one time I went in and I got injected and I was like, I went out with... And old, so Andrea and I worked together a yeah. long time ago with plastic <laughs> surgery. Yeah. And I was like, I had drinks with <laughs> another old co-worker. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's why I'm yeah. bleeding yeah. so bad. And I, <laughs> and I can typically tell. Like someone will be like, what'd you do over the weekend? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, oh, am I bleeding? Yeah, you are a little bit. Yeah. So if, if somebody says, well, I, I what can I do to like decrease any, you know, increased risk? you know cut out all those things if you can you know and try not to go drinking a whole lot of alcohol you know a couple of days to a week if possible before you come in for injectables especially a few different areas you might be treating you know and fish oil vitamins mm-hmm. aleve do you mm-hmm. say like a week two weeks if if the patient has time absolutely yeah. right if they go you know what i'm booking this out for a few weeks then yes do your best do everything you can if if you are at all you know worried or you take those products on a regular basis you Mm -hmm. do want to discontinue those somebody's like oh I'm you know here on a whim and I was going to do something different but let's let's do this instead but oh I I actually took you know Advil the past two days because I have a sore back is that a no-no and I usually say, no, we can still do your treatment. It's oh, it's not... Just know that you yeah. might be a little more... You might. You might bruised. be at a little bit higher risk of having a little bit more bleeding. But I've had plenty of patients that are like, oh, I have to take such and such medication all the time. And they end up being okay, mm-hmm. right? Or patients that don't take any medications. And they bleed a lot. So that can happen. It's a risk. You know, do your absolute best to decrease taking those things if you know actually I do take a lot of those like that are on the the no-no list 
do your best. Discontinue them safely if you can. If not, it's okay, but we need to have that open conversation about it and then discuss what to expect afterwards, you know? So, yeah, that's important. Are you an Arnica believer? <laughs> that's such a good question. That's so many people ask me. I was like, that was always like a big debate. Think, whenever. Yeah, yeah, it still is. It still yeah. is a, a big debate. Um, it depends on where you go. It depends on who you talk to. I typically tell people... If you have it at home and say you are scheduling down the road and it's, again, not going to be today or tomorrow, right? You've got the sublinguals or capsules or something you're going to take orally and you have time to start it. If you believe in it, absolutely take it. I'm not going to tell you that it is or isn't going to work for you because it might or it might not, but go ahead and try it a lot of people do feel like it kind of cuts down that recovery time Mm -hmm. um cuts down on how long your bruises stick around your swelling things like that some people have the topical cream and they go oh uh whoops i'm here now should i use it should i go buy it it's really up to you some people are big believers in it and they've said i've used it all over my body for other things and i'm a big fan go for it. Just make sure, you know, your hands are clean when you're putting it on the injected area. You know, I usually wait till day two, um, and, and use it if you feel like you are a responder to it. But a lot of people don't take it and that's okay too. You know, I think it depends on really who you're talking to. Yeah. Arnica (laughs) is a homeopathic drug that helps Mm -hmm. with swelling and bruising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Blocks the receptors Mm -hmm. for it. But I will tell you, like, I was never a huge believer in it, and mm-hmm. we used to recommend it when we yep. signed people up for surgery, yep. and it was kind of that deal. Like, yeah. uh, if you want to use it, sure, yeah, do go I ahead have and to use it, it? Yeah. but mm-hmm. you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And then I had liposuction done, Oh yeah. and my back looked like a tiger, like, mold meat, like the black oh, and blue bruises, and I started using Arnica, and Topical? we were like... Or oral? Both. Both. Okay, good. I used them together. I doubled up. And they were like gone, like, and they were purple. Bad. Bad. And then I was like, listen, Arnica is like, now I'm forever a believer. See? (laughs) And I, that's how I think you'll know. I mean, I've had people that have tried everything under the sun and they're like, nothing's made a difference. I've spent, you know, a hundred bucks on this little tube that's been clinically studied to do all these things and it has such and such ingredients no difference, right? Or I have this over-the-counter Arnica Montana and I use it for everything and mm-hmm. it absolutely helps with my bruising and swelling and recovery. So I think it depends. I'm glad that it worked for you. <laughs> and, and so now I use it all the time. Yeah. And, and <laughs> how long did you take it for? Do you remember? I think I started it probably... <clears throat> I I think I took it like... For the rest of my recovery. <laughs> okay. Oh, you. I good. think that you I stuck with it. I stuck with it mm-hmm. after liposuction. But like when I do like fillers or something with you, usually mm-hmm. I'll use it like right afterwards, and maybe just for like a couple days, couple days. because usually mm-hmm. I'm not seeing much swelling after like good. day two or three. Good. Now, is there a particular brand you want to tell all of us <laughs> that you like totally believe in? Because there's a, there's a few, but. There are, there's a ton of them. Mm-hmm. I, I do the Arnica Montana. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. It works for you. Yeah. And Oral I do and like topical. to double down. Yeah. I use it topically mm-hmm. and orally. Good. Did you also know that you're not supposed to touch the pellets? 
if you're not. taking them orally. I did not. I'm gonna. We're gonna make a, a video, a little short video, to That's show great, you the little turny knob, and it pops into the lid. Correct. Yes, and, and then you're not supposed to touch, touch them. So don't if, put them in your palm and like. Okay. You're supposed to shoot out of the mm-hmm. top of the cap. Yeah. Because so for listeners, they're tiny. They're, they're tiny. Tiny, so they can get lost easy. But yes, that's that's really interesting. I did something know that. about the oils Makes sense. in our skin, like changing make the them composition, ineffective. Huh. Okay. My sisters are really into homeopathic medicine, so, so I I learned that along. And I was like, I've been using this for years, and I never knew I that know. it turned. And yeah, like went it's into confusing. The There's no instructions on the bottle of no. how to properly <laughs> use it for us. But okay, good to know. So for patients that come in, I will mention that. Now you can use it as a cream and apply it topically, though. Yes, interesting. Just the sublingual tablets or capsules or whatever yes. they may. Have. Okay. Yeah. I guess they compensate it's, differently it's or different, something. Yeah. But, and I do like the gel form better better if you're doing, because the cream is really thick and it's hard to like soak it into the skin. Okay. Noted. So like, especially if you're putting it on your on face, your face. Well, you're going to want to use like the gel because it soaks in faster. Good. I will mention that to many people ask about it. So, and I usually like, say, the cream, cream like, gel, a long time. capsules. Okay. The gel like just soaks right in and better then you can you. like put makeup Good. or do whatever you're doing in the morning. Good. I'm so glad it works for you. I'm so glad that it works for you. <laughs> Which I think it really helps people when they find something that helps them recover faster. Yeah. Say, so you know, like, okay, well, I know if I want to do something, I can, knowing I've got this little tool in my toolbox for sure. to help with recovery. Yeah. And, and I can do this and be okay in a few days. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's good. And do you think kind of what you were saying, like three mm-hmm. to four weeks, like the fillers are going to kind of be soaking in. Mm-hmm. All of your results are kind of finally in for people that are maybe getting married yeah. or have a big event yeah. Yeah. that they're going to be photographed. Cause oh, yeah. I think a lot of times, like we see it in the salon industry mm-hmm. a lot, but like that's the time frame. Mm-hmm. My kids are getting married yeah. or like I have a totally. wedding coming up. Yes. Like, would you say like a month out? A month is safe, absolutely. Because let's say, you know, you come in and your wedding's in four days. Well, typically that's a that's a hard conversation for us to have. Like, yes. do we do this or do we not do this? But if if you do it too close to an event, let's say you do have a complication. Mm-hmm. Let's say you decided you wanted to do more. You um, had, you know, extensive bruising. Those are all factors that, you know, you can't really put a time frame on right. necessarily. And, and knowing that, oh, well, the first time you did it, you only bruised for, you know, two days doesn't mean the next time will be no, the same. No, maybe you've had too many cocktails. That's right. Or right? you've been taking you're, a leave. You've been taking all these vitamins <laughs> to look beautiful, and then suddenly you realize it's yes. got fish oil or all this extra vitamin E or who knows what, and then you have more bleeding. Very good point. So to be safe, if somebody says, look, look in um, six months I'm, I'm getting married, and I want to know when should I come in, if three to four weeks is reasonable because it's going to ensure that you have plenty of time for either your Botox or your filler to kick in, to settle in, all of the swelling to come up and come back down. And then you can decide, how are my results? Do I maybe want to pop in to just tweak anything? Do I want to do a second syringe to soften those areas that I was bothered with? If so, you have time to do that and still heal, still recover, and then not be fearful that, oh no, my photos that I'm going to be having forever are going to, you know, show 
swelling or mm-hmm. bruising or who knows what it may be. So that's a safe amount of time for everything to really be settled in. And that's, you know, you'll feel good before that, right? Yeah. You oh, yeah. will. You absolutely will. It's not like you're going to need, you know, three to four weeks to feel normal. You'll feel great even after a few days, but there's always that chance that you need to, you know, pop in for us to kind of reassess it or you decided, you know what, I want more because I loved the swelling. Give yourself that amount of time before any kind of big event so you can feel super confident when that event hits that you're smoking hot, right? I love that. Yeah. With filler, it's different than Botox, so it's not in units. So when we're like doing research, so how do you know how many syringes or how many like yeah. What fillers the best for what area? For area? Yeah, very good question. So a patient will come in. It all depends on their concerns. Um, the amount of correction they're looking for or augmentation they're looking for. So if, a, if somebody comes in and they say, well, I have these really deep lines around my nose and mouth and it really ages me. Again, my great aunt has the same thing and I'm seeing it. So what can I do? It all depends on how much volume loss they have that's causing those folds, you know, what areas of the face are responsible and how much correction are they seeking. Um, again, age doesn't always matter, um, but a patient that says, well, I'm, I'm brand new to this, you know, but I feel really yucky. I want to I wanna feel a lot better about these areas. We'll discuss those goals and we'll also look in the mirror and say, well, why do we have these these folds mm-hmm. you know are they completely flat and hollowed in their cheeks and they've lost say they've had significant weight loss and suddenly their face is kind of really flat if we fill in one area they're going to be disappointed they're going to see very minimal you know correction so maybe we need to address other areas first how much volume are they going to need one syringe of product one ml um is if we were to squeeze it onto a little plate or spoon, it would be about the amount of a blueberry. Crazy, right? That's it. That's it. That's actually shocking. It's shocking. Like for me. Yeah. It's like... And some blueberries are smaller and some are bigger. Sure. But let's just say, you know, it's it's about the because size. Because it's like a syringe. Right. Like you would think it would be a little bit. You would think so. Yeah. But so we so I have to be very blunt with people yeah. about that. You know, if they're just looking to add a little bit of accentuation to say their lips, well, one syringe is going to be good. It's going to set a beautiful foundation for you. You're going to love those results. You know, it'll be very natural looking. If you need a lot of correction in these folds, and say you have you know had a lot of weight loss, one syringe is kind of going to get lost and. That's a conversation to have. Like, I want you to see those those changes and those improvements. And one syringe may not be in our best interest to just be committing to unless they fully understand, like, I'm okay with just doing a little bit today knowing that I will probably come back in to build on it, right? One syringe, one blueberry, we split that up in a few areas. It's going to be very, very subtle and very mild. Yeah. Right. And again, say cheek filler. If somebody's got a lot of volume loss and a lot of um, fat um, reduction there, they're typically going to need a couple of syringes. We can do those in stages or they can do them all together. Um, but one syringe sometimes doesn't go very far. On the other hand, 
younger patients or someone who's been doing it regularly, maybe they pop in just for a little touch up Mm -hmm. and one syringe is really all they need. And we can kind of fine tune little things that they're noticing. Um, so it does truly depend on the person, their goals, the correction they're looking for and the area that we're treating. And how long does like a filler typically last? Because like Botox is kind of like that three to six month timeframe. Like we talked about. And fillers tend to be a little bit more expensive. Yes. <laughs> yeah, good question. People go, oh my God, am I going to have to do this every 90 days too? Mm-hmm. This filler? Um, like ideally, no. <laughs> it, these products will last a lot longer. So it's a different consistency. It's it's not a medication that targets muscle like Botox. It goes into the tissue wherever we're putting it and it lifts and it adds volume. It's also going to encourage a little bit of hydration in the skin um, over time. So if a patient, say they're training for you know, a, a marathon and they are spending hours and hours and hours in the gym, revving up their body temperature and their metabolism's insane, one syringe of product, say it's their first time, they may feel like they only get a you know a handful of months out of it. Um, if say we do a couple of syringes their first time in whatever area we're doing, typically they're going to feel like, oh, that's going to get me a lot longer than, you know, five or six months, you know, because you have a higher concentration of product in the tissue. It's going to take longer. Depends on the area, depends on the product that you're using. Um, lip filler can range, you know, six to 12 months for some people. Um, some people stretch it a little bit longer. Some people do come in sooner to kind of build up to where they want to be and then they can kind of go from there. You know, some people are like nine months to a year is kind of my magic number. That's when I know it's time for me to do it again. You know, mm-hmm. cheek filler, a couple of syringes of product. You hopefully will feel like you're not needing to come in, you know, every six to nine months. I want you to come in, you know, every year, year and a half, sometimes longer. If you've been kind of building up that area over time, you'll feel like your your body holds on to it a little bit longer. So it's definitely different than Botox. Botox, you're going to break it down, you know, that timeline anywhere from two and a half to four months is common. So fillers, we like to see patients like holding on to it longer. And again, I don't, I don't encourage patients to come in too soon um, because if they do you know you can run into complications if you just start pushing 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 more and more and more filler okay. into the face or the, the skin over time you will look augmented or you can run into more complications so you do want to let you know your body kind of you know settle into it and have it kind of start to break down right I think everybody gets scared of doing Botox mm-hmm. and filler because they don't want to look augmented. Like, especially here in Colorado, like, yeah. I think we want a very, like, mm-hmm. done look, but not that we've done Naturally anything. done. Yeah. Effortlessly done. I but just woke up this yeah, way. Yeah. I know? literally woke up this way, but I am not trying too hard, you know? What is kind of your advice for people when they're looking for an injector or they're going to an injector and they're maybe starting filler for the first time or they're doing Botox? And I think sometimes when you hear like two syringes or this mm-hmm. or that, like you're like, oh, I'm I don't want to look like right. giant duck lips or mm-hmm. like very augmented. Mm-hmm. What are kind of some like key questions that people could ask or like kind of make sure that they're getting yeah like a they're more a natural space. result exactly. So you know, finding a, a a provider that 
is experienced that's open to answering your questions is a good start. You want to feel that that safety there. You know, you want to be able to say, this person's going to listen to me and I can ask any question and they're going to answer me truthfully. So asking, you know, also not comparing yourself to all your other friends or the person you saw on the internet or anything like that because you are completely individual to anybody else. Your goals are maybe similar, but you are different, right? And you may need more or less if you have a particular look you're going for or you need a certain amount of correction to achieve that. Um, knowing that you want to be with someone who who believes in helping that person reach their goals their goals might be different than the next person's goals and finding that out is really really important and for someone that's like i don't want anybody to know that i'm doing this being conservative is key and then being consistent Uh is key you know a little bit here and there consistently is going to help the the skin age well it's going to help you know people around you kind of adjust to the little things you might be tweaking here and there um and not overdoing it you know there's a fine line in this field yes from yeah Look, I get this talk like every totally. other time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have to have this talk, right? Listen, if I fill there, then you're just going to look done. You're going to look like you've had <laughs> weird filler. And I don't want that for anybody. I really don't. And and most people in Colorado, they're like, yeah, I, I don't want to look like I had, like I've been here, mm-hmm. you know. Um, some people are open to telling everyone that they do this type of thing, but some yeah. people are not. So being discreet is important and doing it slowly and gently and conservatively to, again, make sure they're seeing a change. You, you want to see that you've done something and you see the outcome when you go home and go, oh yeah, like I paid for this. You know, I, I endured all of this and I see that improvement. I'm really happy, but I also look like myself I don't look like I'm trying way too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and having a realistic conversation, um, I always have to have this with my patients sometimes in saying like, you know, you are, however old you are, you know, you have to honor that and, ex- you know, like say that, yeah, I'm I'm in my 50s. I don't want you to look like you're in your 20s because right. you won't We've look natural. That. Long <laughs> past that. We are past that, but... I want you to look phenomenal for the age that you are. And I want you to feel fantastic Mm -hmm. and, you know, love what you see when you look in the mirror. And that confidence is, that confidence is just going to be kind of like spewed to everybody in your life. That's what you want. You know, if somebody comes in and they say, well, here's my photo of me in high school. I see how I didn't have this. I didn't have that. and And I want this correct and all of that. Again, I'm no surgeon. <laughs> Maybe you should show your surgeon um, and they may be able to get you closer to that. But when it right. comes to non-surgical, non-invasive things, you know, we're trying to help you feel good in the skin that you have right now mm-hmm. and improving little imperfections and enhancing little things that the patient, you know, those, those beautiful features they have, let's enhance yeah. those and help them feel like, oh, that's how, you know, my my smile used to look I love it that's that's what I was going for right yeah. and not trying too hard I love it right I love that advice too yeah yeah like, we mm-hmm. should wear every decade mm-hmm. as like a little badge of honor yeah exactly you really <laughs> should I I, I kind of started telling myself like when I hit 40 I remember thinking to myself like you know and I, I wish I would have said this to myself when I was younger but we're human is 
I'm going to stop hating myself for getting older. Like in the field that I work in, I see it all the time and it's really, mm-hmm. really sad. And, and it, it happens even with people in their twenties and it's yeah. really sad to see, but you know, people, when they get older, it's like, I've had some patients, they, they won't even hold the mirror and look in it when I say, well, show me what you want to treat. What bothers you? They can't even see themselves. So my advice is just, you know, honor yourself, take care of yourself and feel good, but like stop hating yourself for getting older. You know, if you have a little crease in your forehead that bugs you, come in. Yeah. Let's, let's soften it, you know. There is something for that. Yeah, there's something <laughs> we can do to improve it, yeah. you know, but... But don't beat yourself up for it. You know, honor all those little things that you have. Like you're still aging and you're lucky mm-hmm. and blessed to still be aging. Right. Yes. We're, you know. I was like, it's better than the alternative. Yeah, alternative. Right. No <laughs> more birthdays. Mm. Yeah. You know, not not a good day. No. So if we still have, you know, each each year we get a little bit older and wiser, we're gonna show signs of that. But we can we can age well and you know, comfortably and confidently and that's where this industry is you know where it can thrive is when we have that mindset and the patients have those expectations of like yeah like I can do these things for myself kind of like self-care you know it's not selfish if you're doing it for those reasons right well and I think if every day you're waking up and looking in the mirror Mm -hmm. and being like oh my gosh I hate this about myself like that's not starting your day off in the right way like so if there is something to do Mm -hmm. why not that is self-care right is that there is like an improvement that you can make and so why not invest exactly exactly it's kind of like you know you you invest in you know therapy for yourself when mm-hmm. you feel like you really need it you know you're trying to work on something and putting in effort is is good and you know taking care of your skin and your you know your temple right yeah. you want to take care of those things and cosmetic injectables are not for everybody you know and it's for somebody who says I'm interested in this mm-hmm. you know what I'm, I'm all for that and I think I would really like to improve this little thing that kind of bothers me um, or enhance this thing that I actually love. Like, let's let's do that. Let me yeah. let me try that out. You know. Yeah, I I'm, I'm a big believer. If you yeah feel good, like you want to look good yeah. to feel good. Like so, you don't want the house to have like the paint chipping <laughs> off and like the shutter falling off. Right. And it's like inside, like the perfect. most beautiful, mm-hmm. perfect thing. And you take care of that. Like take care of yeah. the outside too. Take care of the it's outside a whole too. Package. Yeah, it's it, the balance. Yeah, it is. And like you said. A lot of women, but I have male clients too, when they know that they look good, whether that be like their, their clothing, their hair, you know, their shoes, you know, or like their skin, whatever it may be, if they feel like, man, that looks, that looks so good. I'm really, really happy about that. Everything else, you know, benefits from that, right? It's that confidence factor. And that's where, you know, you don't have to believe that if you come in to do Botox that you will end up looking like you had Botox right you can do something really subtle and soft Mm -hmm. and still you know people go oh my god what what are you doing different and oh I'm drinking a lot of water yeah or whatever hydrated (laughs) it's this new cream you know whatever you want to say but it's subtle and it's you know it makes you feel good so do it. Go for it. You That's know? the best kind of work. It, it is. is that when everybody's like, what are you doing differently? And they can't totally put their finger on yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love when patients say yes. that. They're like, so somebody commented. <laughs> and sometimes they like will slip them my card and they'll go, well, here's what I did. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's flattery. I love it. So, but sometimes they don't have to, you know, they don't have to confess what they did, you know, but the key is looking conservative and like yourself, yes. you know, just better. 
Love that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you do for self-care and balance. So, talk about me. <laughs> so, you know, I, I do a little Botox. <laughs> a little bit of, you know, uh-huh. a little bit of this. I'm adding Botox and filler onto my self-care list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, you know, like, I like to eat well. I mean, that's important. I am a big fan of hot yoga. I do that multiple times a week I believe in kind of that release you know anything any kind of movement for me personally helps my mind kind of settle a little bit um I like to be creative like to do things like that you know I'm a big animal person I love my pets um I have a busy busy family so I like to kind of you know be with them when I need to but also like okay I'm I'm feeling like tense and stressed so like doing other little things are really really important and then You'll know when your Botox wears off because you go, ah, my mood. <laughs> What's going on with my mood? You know, everything else is fine, but what is it? And sometimes it's like that little perk you just need to go, you know what? That scowl I was making yep. at, you know, that person in the car that bugging me, you know, that scowl that I'm constantly having. It's time for my Botox. Yeah. You know, let's relax that muscle a little bit. Maybe I, Botox is like yeah. our like placebo effect of being happier. You know, because we can't make I the think face. There's, there's, you know, there's studies <laughs> about that. There's true studies. People are like, it has this antidepressant effect on people, and it. I I believe that it has to do with the expression that you're making, and when you're typically making that expression, when you're feeling a certain emotion or sensation and feeling, and you are constantly doing that if you can't make that you might shift your emotion a little bit you know and you might feel a little less angry or a little happier just because you're not looking pissed off (laughs) right or constantly disappointed or the WTF right all the time I think it really does have that effect whether it's a placebo or not it works does it not I think so it does and a lot of my patients have that comment they're like I don't know what it is but man Everything's right in the world uh-huh. about 10 days after I get my Botox. <laughs> and I it's like fantastic. your spouse, your kids, yeah. all of those people, like, they don't even know that you're feeling upset. Right. They don't know. They're they not like, what read are you it. doing? Yeah. But when you get those comments, like, are you sad? Mm-hmm. What's wrong? You're like, nothing. I'm actually fine. That's when you know. It might be time to pop in and do a little bit more. Yeah. Like, those little comments start coming in. It's usually like you look at your calendar. Oh, it's oh, yeah. you know, it has been it's about time. three months. Time for me to go. Yep. So yeah, you can people read your face <laughs> a little more. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing yes. all of oh this gosh. knowledge. Like I feel like so much info. I love it, and I was so honored when you asked me to be here oh because gosh. I've known you for so many years. We've had these conversations oh, yeah. many, many times over the years with each other. Um, and thank you for referring the many of your friends and clients oh, yeah. to me. And I, I'm just honored to be here. So thank you for thank your you. time. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, if you're in Denver, <laughs> you definitely want to see Andrea. Yes. She's like my favorite injector. So thank you. And then tell everybody where they can find you if they are in the Denver yeah. area or have questions. Right. Yes. So I am working with uh, Dr. Terrence Murphy, Murphy Plastic Surgery. We are right by Swedish Hospital over there, um, kind of the edge of Inglewood. So you can find me there. um, And I do all of the cosmetic injectables there. I'm there a few days a week. And I would love to see anybody. Again, even if it's just a consultation, you know, there's no pressure. If you just have a lot of questions, sometimes it's better to write those questions down, get them answered. And then make your decision, you know, is this right for you or is it not, you know, no commitment. I love it. So yeah.
Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Lindsay Wilson, and you've been listening to Business of Glam. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to subscribe, review, and download this podcast. If you're ever in the Denver area, be sure to come by and see us at Glamour Bar. Until then, stay glam.